2: Today's episode of the Believe in Steelers show is brought to you by betonline.ag. It's spooky season. We're almost through eight weeks of the NFL season. Ton of college football. We're into the World Series. Basketball and hockey are well underway. If you want to place a bet on any of the sports action, betonline.ag is the place to do it.
1: 365, 24-7, regardless of what sport it is. We forgot about baseball playoffs as well. Make sure y'all go to betonline.ag.
2: Head to the website and receive your 50% welcome bonus today. Use our promo code "belief." that's B-L-E-A-V, to get started. Bet online where the game starts. All right, cue the music. It's time to start the show. Welcome to the Believe in Steelers show on the Believe Network. I'm your host, Mark Bergen, for the Halloween edition. Joined, as always, by my guy, scout for the Pittsburgh Steelers, 12-year veteran of the Pittsburgh Steelers at cornerback and two-time Super Bowl champion number 24, Ike Taylor, IT, happy Halloween to you. I wish it was coming on a victory Monday. Nonetheless, it is a Halloween. Uh, Halloween season is here. The holiday season is here. And Steelers heading into the bye week at 2-6. and six. First and foremost, how are things going for you this morning, my man?
1: I'm good. What a spooky weekend this was. Um, Steelers actually need this bye. The bye's coming at a good time. It's been a spooky season for the Pittsburgh Steelers (laughs) and what's going on this season as well. But, uh, you know, things should change. Things will change. But, man, I had a good weekend. I hope you had a good weekend as well, Mark.
2: Absolutely. Carolina football game. I got to see UNC take on Pittsburgh uh, in Chapel Hill. Had a great time at the game. And then watched the Steelers on Sunday and Ike, I got my swagging you shirt on this morning. I can yes, ch- put on my backwards cap too to channel my inner Ike Taylor. Yes, sir. It's Halloween yes, sir. season, but uh, I'm not much of a hat guy, I won't lie. Ike. But um, right, right, let me say this uh, we're going to talk a lot about this game, but for me, it was as simple as this Steelers didn't have the personnel to compete in this game on Sunday with the Eagles. And this is something I hope as a scout, you can help the Steelers get some studs in there because say what you want about the coaching and the frustrations with the offense and Matt Canada. We'll get into that here in just a second. This was a kitchen sink game for the Steelers because I look at it, okay, the creativity that you have on the end round, touchdown to Chase Claypool, throwing it left-handed to Derek Watts, something I didn't have on my bingo card. You look at the fake punt that the Steelers ran to try to get things going. And even despite all of the trickery, it just didn't work. And to me, it was there's a reason why the Eagles are the last undefeated team left in the NFL and certainly the favorite right now as it stands in the NFC. Steelers just didn't have, you can't make a gourmet meal with bologna and potato chips. And the Steelers just didn't have the personnel to win today, just my personal opinion.
1: Yeah, his name is A.J. Brown. And it's a reason why they call him the Baby Hulk. Because that first half, what he did to Pittsburgh, uh, he had a date. You know, he could have sat down from that. You know, so that's tough personnel-wise. We'll get into that. Um, honestly, that's why I'm in the building when it comes down to it. So I like my eyes. Uh, hopefully the Pittsburgh Steelers, they trust my eyes. They trust my evaluation along with other scouts in the building and Omar, And uh, we'll take it from there. So... Um, Honestly, I I think I'm coming in at the right time from a front office standpoint. Now, from a Steelers standpoint, I do agree with you. There's only so much you can do, you know, especially when you're going against an undefeated team like the Philadelphia Eagles and just look at their blueprint. Their blueprint was just like how the Pittsburgh Steelers blueprint used to be. Tough, aggressive guys who just love playing football and beating you in all phases. They're not beating themselves. You got to beat them. So, when you look at a special team, they're doing good on special teams. When you look at the defensive side, whether it's the defensive line, that they rotate eight guys, whether it's the linebackers, whether it's the secondary, they got everything. They got a Pro Bowl guy somewhere at every phase, defensive line, linebacker, secondary. Then when you want to talk about the offensive side, Jalen Hurst is just playing out his mind right now. He's not causing any turnovers. He's using his legs to run, and he's throwing the ball up to A.J. Brown and telling A.J., man, if you don't – if you don't catch a touchdown pass, make sure the defender don't catch it either, and that's exactly what they're doing. And we're not even talking about the other the other receiver they got, the youngster they got from uh from Alabama. So, and we're not even talking about their tight end. So they just got. We ain't even talking about Miles Sanders. So that's a lot of things <laughs> we don't need to talk about that they have already, <laughs> you know. But um, I think it just it just starts off with Jalen Hurts in the maturity from last year to just to this year. And him not making any mistakes, Mark. And when it's time for him to use his legs, that's exactly what he's going to do. And if he needs to slide, he's going to slide. But you can just see his reprogression. Um, I think everybody has some question marks about the head coach. In the offseason, you can throw that out the window. Obviously, he's the right guy for this job, the right guy for this team, so say. And I saw that just making a trade in the offseason of getting A.J. Brown. They figured they was missing one big piece. And, man, <laughs> he didn't miss on that at all three touchdowns over 160 some yards for a.j brown that says a lot you know but for the pittsburgh Steelers, mark right now your record shows exactly who you are two and six going into the bye, doing just enough um to keep you close in the game not doing enough to win ball games you know so uh and they're going through a transition stage with kenny pickett too as well and you just you just that's you got to roll with them punches you can look at the greats, and the first person that came to mind for me was Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning led the league his rookie year in interceptions, and after that, he took off. So you like the makings. You like the perimeter guys they have between Chase. Chase Claypool, he he finally waking up. Uh, Devontae caught, caught a few passes. But, you know, me personally, you got to give that thing to pickers. You know, when you give pickers – you know enough targets. He's gonna make that big play you're always looking for because that's just his personality. He's just got a God-given uh, talent. That's something you can't coach. You just try to maneuver, and try to ride his coattail. And also, Jalen Warren too at the running back position. You know he got a few carries, fifty yards. Uh, I think he needed. I think he needs more carries at that to give Najee a break when it comes to yeah. uh, running the ball. So. Yeah. Uh, you can have a good one-two punch that's what you're seeing in the league you're seeing all these running backs with a good one-two punch you watch green Bear one-two punch um you watch buffalo buffalo now since cook isn't fumbling the ball like he was in the beginning of the beginning of the season they got a one-two punch you know you look at the cleveland browns even though their record doesn't show they got a nice one-two punch so you looking at uh you watch dallas You saw Zeke was out. You saw what Tony Pollock just did. (laughs) You know, he's he's building his resume. He's going to get himself some money. So Pittsburgh has that. So they can start using Jalen Warren, my personal opinion. They can just start using Jalen Warren a little bit more. Um, It's a nice little change up. It's it's a different pace when he's in the ball game.
2: Ike, you went through like our whole show rundown in about three minutes. Oh, my bad.
1: (laughs) My bad,
2: bro. Where do you want me to go? Because I do want to share some of my observations go. from Sunday. I'll bounce I... off of you. All right, all right. Um, let's go here. You, let Let's start with AJ Brown on the outside because he had three touchdowns in the first half. Nearly had the four right. piece, if not for Minka knocking him out of bounds. Uh, Akella Witherspoon coming back from a hamstring injury. He hadn't played since week three. So you go from right from the frying pan right into the fire. He got benched. They put James Pierre out there. James Pierre got injured. There's a reason why the Eagles go out and acquire AJ Brown, and he's a true alpha. He's a true number one, and you saw that on full display on Sunday. I watched Mike Tomlin his post game news conference, and let me find the quote. But it was talking about how Witherspoon was in decent position, but that's only a component. And he, this was the exact quote: "says position is just a component of playmaking. The finish is probably as equally as important as the positioning." I thought he was talking about Akella Witherspoon there. I also thought he was talking about George Pickens when they tried to go to him down the field in on one-on-one matchup where jump ball, go up and get it. You got to go make a play. Yeah. You tip your cat to the Eagles defensive backs. I forget if it was James Bradbury or Darius Slay uh, going against Pickens on that play, but. That to me, I thought was very telling what Mike Tomlin said because, especially with AJ Brown, some of the touchdowns that he had, you're talking about double coverage as well, where there was safety help over the top, in addition to the cornerback as well, Ike. So that's one thing that I noticed.
1: Yeah, I think on a touchdown play where he kind of, well, Minka kind of, he didn't, Minka didn't misjudge playing the ball. AJ Brown was just more aggressive at playing the ball, and they had him double covered because uh, Trey Edmonds. He he bumped and run him. He pressed him. Of course, Minka was over top. So that was the game plan. We call that uh we call that double the stars. If you know anything about doubling the star, they will double the number one receiver that, if they think he's gonna get the ball, and everybody else is left man to man. So that's exactly what the Pittsburgh Steelers did on that touchdown. It's just uh AJ Brown was just more aggressive getting the ball. You know, because you know if he just would have waited, he played taller than his height. And that's what I tell people all the time, the good receivers. Um, if you five ten, you got to play six two. If you six three, you got to play six twelve, and that's going to high point in the ball, and that's exactly what he did on that touchdown. Now Minka was waiting there. We, Minka was in position to get the interception. Is just Minka didn't play, you know, six twelve, you know, that's seven feet. That's what we call it, six twelve, seven feet. But AJ Brown, like you said, when they acquired him in the offseason, they was looking for a dog. They was looking for an alpha, and Mark, that's exactly what they got. Now on the Pittsburgh Steelers defensive side. Um, I watched the Green Bay Packers last night who played the Buffalo Bills, Well, I know the Buffalo Bills pretty much clicking on all cylinders, and that's starting with Josh Allen. But I watched Green Bay and I watched Jerry Alexander. And he had that, he had that mentality and that attitude, I wish y'all MF would throw my way. And he a few times between him and and Diggs, they was going at it. But that's exactly what you want as a quarter cornerback. You want somebody who's real chippy. You want somebody who's always pissed off. You want somebody that it hurts to, to get a pass or a touchdown on them. And that's the attitude the Pittsburgh Steelers, in my personal opinion, you know, just lacking right now. Um, guys have the talent. but Where's the chippiness? You know, you, you got to play with an edge on that cornerback position because there's nothing fun about that cornerback position. There's nothing easy about that cornerback position. And it's a short shelf life if you don't play the way you need to play coming from a coaching standpoint. You know, so um, that's what I think. I think they got the guys to do it. I think the guys just have to have that chippiness. They have to have that edge playing that cornerback position. It's already tough. You know, you're out there on the island, Mark. And what I mean by island is, you know, these receivers now with the rules changing, they having more opportunities. They having more time to pretty much do whatever they want to do. So you really got to be locked in to focus in. So for me, it's just the attitude, it's the chippiness part. For the Pittsburgh Steelers, when it come down to that cornerback position, man, you just gotta be pissed off. You gotta be pissed off all the time. Even if you're not pissed off, you gotta make yourself pissed off. And I tell my son this all the time, man. Taylors talk, Taylors talk to each other on the field. I say, when I didn't talk to myself or when I just when I didn't make up stories on the field, like something had to trigger me. I triggered my own self. Everything is was psychological for me. And my son does the same thing at 16 years old sophomore in high school, but for for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I got that from being a still, I had to play with some kind of chippiness, you know, and that's what I think, um, far from a cornerback standpoint, you know, other than Minka, because Minka always plays with that chippiness. That's just him. Um he got to get everybody else on board on on, on playing pissed off and, and playing mad because your good ones, that's what they do. They wish you would throw it their way. Um they always looking for altercation. You know, and I just watched Jair Alexander, Jalen Ramsey, um, Pat Sertain. Them boys always looking for something. Give me, piss me off some way. If you look at me wrong, I'm pissed off. You know, so that's what I think the Pittsburgh Steelers, as a secondary as a whole, just have to start playing with a lot of more chippiness.
2: I think you can go on the flip side of the ball, too, Ike, with the Steelers team uh, uh, in this past game. Bradbury and Slay on the outside are as good as uh, uh, two corners as we have in this league in terms of duos. And that's to where in previous weeks, Steelers aren't throwing the ball down the field. They tried to right. get the ball to Pickens in this game and it was only three times. And okay, maybe try again later on in the game, right. but they tried to throw jump balls to him and he didn't make the play. And that was a criticism I had going into this game saying, hey, let's get George Pickens the ball, to prove that a defense can stop it. Well, the Eagles stopped it on
1: Sunday. Don't jump ball me all the time if I'm George Pickens. start me off, start me off with a noun pass, start me off with a slant if you if you see somebody impressed throw the ball up to me. if you see somebody off, give me a down pass. Don't just expect me because I can't do it just all of a sudden I'm the savior so third until i I get a jump ball. Only got three targets. get me going early, you know, and I'm talking as I'm George Pickens, mm-hmm. you know because i'm 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 watching how a shanahan is, is getting CMC, that's Christian McCaffrey. I'm watching how he's getting him, him involved early. You know what I'm saying? I'm watching how uh, Justin Jefferson is getting involved early. I'm watching how on the other side of this past Sunday, uh, A.J. Brown is getting involved early. You know, so you get this young man involved early. It's some players I saw, especially in that red zone, one-on-one coverage. I'm like, I'm throwing in the pickings all day because I know I'm going to get a flag out of this. And it just didn't happen. So if I'm George Pickens and I'm talking as I'm George Pickens, I'm saying, man, give me the ball early. Let me get in the groove. You know, the the, the digs from Buffalo, he getting in the groove, getting him the ball early. All your good receivers who are playmakers, who can be game-changing, uh, offensive coordinators find a way to get them the ball early and get them in the groove because it's hard just to ask a guy just on one possession. You know, three targets for me to Pickens, isn't enough. So I think things will change this by week. We shall see. But it's just tough getting in a groove. Um, if I'm George Pickens on just getting three targets. And my targets are save, <laughs> save the organization kind of targets.
2: This is why I like talking X's and O's with you on the outside. That's 12 years of NFL experience at the cornerback position, Ike. And this is where I'm carrying the boom box down the Ike Taylor parade. I'm in the very front leading that charge. Excellent insight there. Now, we mentioned changes. Steelers now moved to two and six. Since the NFL moved to a 16 game schedule in 1978, there is one team that has gone to make the playoffs after a two and six start. That was the 2020 Washington football team who won the NFC East with a seven and nine record. So, playoffs, you can pretty much kiss goodbye. Ike, I'm embarrassed to admit this, but I have Google searched. Top offensive lineman in the 2023 draft to help improve this oh, yeah. team. This offense averaging 15 points per game. Well, the team I should say overall, dead last in the NFL. So I'm gonna come down here. This is my opinion. If you're going to fire offensive coordinator Matt Canada midseason, do it this week. And if you're not going to do it during the season, let's just riot it out and see where we're at come, come season's end. 26 games as the Steelers' offensive coordinator. The offenses failed to score more than 20 points in 21 of those games, all five times they did that last season in the 2021 season. Steelers also fall to 1-10 and without TJ Watt. So it was bad, Ike. Uh, Kenny Pickett sacked six times, an interception, lost fumble. Eagles do have a scary defensive front, which I'll discuss here in a second, but When, again, I'm listening to what players are saying. I watch the post-game news conferences, and he's saying that guys need to know what they're doing. We need to study more. I don't think we study enough as a group. Uh, He mentions how it's not talent issues, and they're going to get the same results. They keep trying to do the same things. Things need to change. That, to me, is very, very evident through eight weeks of this season.
1: Yeah, that starts the training camp in the season. You know, when we was winning championships, when you just see the teams in these post-game conferences with these guys, with the players I'm talking about, Mark, it's the same recipe. When you listen to Juju talk to about the Kansas City Chiefs offense and he's saying that him, Travis Kelsey, and Patrick Mahomes playing Call of Duty together and it was just on one accord and they wind up winning a few uh, a few stages that was very difficult, That's that's off the field. When you want to talk about, you know, the when when Tom Brady a couple of years ago won the Super Bowl, he did a lot of things off the field with his, with his teammates. When you want to talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers and their heyday, when they was going to playoffs after playoffs or every other year, they was, you know, hoisting or trying to hoist on the bar in the Super Bowl. We did everything off the field. It was a brotherhood. I, I didn't want to leave that facility. I didn't want to leave my my teammates, I look at my teammates as brothers. And when you have that kind of bond, when you do when you do get on the field, you don't want to let them down. When you just walk into the facility and you just look at it as a job, where well, I just don't want to chill with nobody, or I'm just going to be to myself, or I don't want to do anything extra, you get this two and six record. This is exactly what you're getting from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Everything has the bond. And that starts in the off season. That starts in OTAs. And during the season, when James Ferrier had his house, um, it was the whole defense and a couple of guys off of offense, you know. Some guys bring some food. We had the massage people come through, and we watched tape. When Monday Night Football came, we all watched Monday Night Football. And when Thursday when Thursday Night Football came, somehow during the week, we got our bodies right, and we watched tape together. But that wasn't at the facility. That was that pot dog house, James Ferrier I'm talking about. That was at his house. That was the barn. You couldn't stop us from being around each other. And when you see that, and and now that I've retired, when I hear that coming from other players like, well, y'all had a brotherhood over there in Pittsburgh. And in my mind, I wasn't even thinking. I just thought, man, that's how every NFL team should be. So I didn't know any better. So that's what I'm looking at from Pittsburgh. There needs to be a bond. There needs to be a brotherhood. Hey, take the me out let's go we. Because we can do a lot of things together. Me can only go so far. But everything has to start, you know, not only in the off season, but somebody got to be held accountable. And the accountability part is hey, man, that's what we're doing. I know we got our time in the facility. I know we got time to watch tape, but hey, so and so, let's go to so and so house and watch tape. You know, let's all get together. Or even for us, man, it was just going out to dinner once a week with each other at a certain spot. That's just about something. Some guys had families, Um, other guys were single. But at the same time, you know, whether you had a wife or a girlfriend, they knew, hey, on this day, on Tuesday, this this is where these boys are gonna be at. They're gonna they're gonna have a brotherhood, they're gonna bond, they're gonna be chilling. Uh they're coming home no later than nine, nine thirty. So that was perfect for us. But you 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 gotta have that. When you just look at football as just being a job and you're not passionate about it, and everybody wanted to get the bag, and it's it's a lot of money out there. But these guys need to understand, when you win, everybody get the bag. I just watched the third – I just watched the number three wide receiver, Antoine randall L, go from that to damn near number one receiver with the Washington Redskins. That's just coming off a Super Bowl. You know, I I watched myself get paid numerous times. I didn't get paid by catching the ball. I didn't get paid by interceptions. I I got paid because when I got on the field – I wasn't catching the ball, and that receiver wasn't catching the ball. So that's what I was getting paid for. I I was getting paid because, okay, I know when Ike Taylor come in the playoff time, he's going to make the play that needs to be made to put us in good position. That's why I got paid. But you got to hold yourself accountable. It got to hurt. It got to hurt to let your teammates down. If it don't hurt to let your teammates down, you're in the wrong profession. You know, it's too much me. And I think just nowadays – these young kids don't understand, man, when you win everybody, you can just look at Bob Miller. Bob Miller just left the rounds and won a Super Bowl and just got a 6-400-piece, a 120-piece. That's his third contract. So everybody some way somehow wants to be a part of a winner. And when you win, everybody in the NFL wants somebody from that locker room because they want to know what the heck y'all had going on for y'all mm-hmm. to win like that because playing football ain't easy. You know, so – I mean, so far, Von is, has been the jingle piece to a few different teams. He was the he was he was the guy at Denver. He was the guy for one year. He was that missing piece to the puzzle for the LA Rams, and it looks like he's that missing piece to the puzzle on the defensive side for the Buffalo Bills. You know, so I look at I look at <laughs> it's crazy. I'm about to say this because I'm about to I'm about to go to basketball. I'm about to cross over to basketball. Mm-hmm. I look at Von Miller like a Robert Horry. If y'all don't know who Robert Horry was. For for basketball, everywhere Robert Horry went, they won a championship. Yeah. You know, he was Mister Clutch. He might have got in maybe ten minutes out of ball game, but when you ask for that three, he not scared to hit that three, and you best believe he gonna bank that thing. And then if you ask him to play defense, he was gonna lock somebody up as well. That's how I look at Vaughn. Yeah, but that's yeah. how these young guys gotta understand. When you win, everybody get a bag, bro. Everybody get a bag. The cafeteria worker get a bag. The janitor get a bag. Cause the cause. Because the CEOs and the owners and these minority owners, everybody happy. So what they won't do? They won't spend a little bit of money, you know? So that's what the Pittsburgh still have got to get back to in my mind. And it's just the brotherhood for me, Mark. It's everything what you're doing outside of football together because it's a short window. I'm not about to be with y'all forever. So you can go out and tell your wives and your girlfriends, hey, look, hey, give me a 10-year run. Give me an eight to 10-year run because we're going to be straight for the rest of our lives after that. You just saw it in the interview when he was doing Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald said he already wrote before he got in the league. He just wanted to do eight years. That's all he did until he won a Super Bowl. And he said, man, this tastes good. He said, "He said this lobster, <laughs> this lobster ravioli tastes good. Let me see if I can win this thing again. You know, it just becomes contagious mentally. Um, it's a lot of upside. Uh, I think Coach T said the best, when you win Super Bowls, especially for a Pittsburgh Steelers, Man, you're on scholarship for the rest of your life. Yeah. Walking to Pittsburgh, you ain't got to worry about nothing. You know, the red carpet is always roll, rolled out for you, and that's just the product of of, of being a Super Bowl champion. You know, so um, playoffs was always expected for us, but Super Bowls was the main goal. You know, and I, and now I realize when I was down in the early 2000s, working out with Coach Tom Shaw, you know, other guys coming from other teams. And then I was like, man, I'm so glad y'all didn't win the Super Bowl. I'm so glad I didn't see y'all in the Super Bowl. I'm like, why? Because we got tired of y'all. So I'm like, dang, this is how guys really felt. Or there was on the opposite end saying, man, we see why y'all winning. Because by Coach Shaw, I probably had 10 guys though, Whether it's my position, linebackers, or receivers, I bought guys just to work out with. Because I knew I needed them during the season, you know? And we all knew we had a short window. So that's what the Pittsburgh Steelers got to get back to, Mark. It's their brotherhood. It's 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 their brother. Don't don't talk to me about we have their brotherhood. Their brotherhood starts not only in the off season, but it starts also doing a lot of extra stuff outside of that facility.
2: I can correct me if I'm wrong in saying this too. It sounds like there's a real difference. The only losing season you had in your playing career was 2003 your rookie year. Correct. The difference between 03 and then 04, very good team, 05, obviously, the Super Bowl run, to where that changed very, very quickly early on in your career.
1: Yeah, all I knew, all I knew was winning. You know, just when we as a rookie, <laughs> as a rookie, I think did we go six and ten? I think we went six and ten. You know, they I mean, blamed everything. Right. Yeah, they blamed everything on a rookie class. We like, hell, we only had five. It was Troy number one, Alonzo mm-hmm. Jackson number two. I was number four. Brian St. Pierre, uh, the quarterback from Boston College, number four. And J.T. Wall, my fullback from the Georgia Bulldogs, number five. We only had five of us because they, they went up and traded to get TP, which they should because he's a Hall of Famer, of course. But after that, we took off. After that, 2003, we took all the way off, And the rest is history. So um, I, I just got used to winning, Mark. That's all I knew. That's all I knew was winning, mm-hmm. and that brotherhood, that bond was so it was unbreakable. I mean, we still we still in the, you know twenty some man group text, you know to this day. That's when my battery be going dead because from the time <laughs> I wake up to the time I'm going to sleep, somebody talking in yeah. that group text, and that's all off the Super Bowls. So, yeah.
2: Like uh, I mentioned, if you're going to make changes to the offensive coordinator. The question people are going to have inevitably is, okay, how does this impact the development of Kenny Pickett throughout this season and on into next season and so forth? The thing and the big concern I have right now through eight games, Najee Harris coming off a Pro Bowl season right now through eight games. My eyes aren't lying to me. And you mentioned this last week. You said you think that Jalen Warren should get some more snaps. I'm going to take this a step further. Through eight games this season, Jalen Warren has been better than Najee Harris this season. Might not be a popular opinion, but it's point-blank period, the honest truth. I've got the stats to back it. By My eyes don't lie. The question going into the year was, could Warren pick up blitz protection? He's demonstrated the ability to do that. I'm fine with him playing more. If you're saying Harris isn't healthy, that's fine. If he can get right in the bye week in the back half of the season, that's fine. And I know that defenses aren't going to key on Jalen Warren the same way that they are Najee Harris. I certainly understand that, but this is why I, I joked around saying this. I want the Steelers to draft an offensive lineman, and I've already started my Google search of that. But I, I'm concerned about, you talk about quarterbacks getting to the rhythm, running backs haven't gotten into a rhythm. And what way to establish Kenny Pickett to say, let's get the running game going. Let's take the pressure off Kenny Pickett. Because right now, Steelers are asking him to do too much, and I'm talking Kenny Pickett here. And through eight games, Najee Harris just – the running game hasn't been very good, Ike. And it's one of many, many problems with this offense. Steelers still do not have a rush beyond 20 yards this season. It was better yesterday, but still don't have a rush beyond 20 yards this season through eight games.
1: Got to find a way, man. You definitely got to find a way. You got to find a way. You can't be stubborn, man. You got to pull the trigger. What I mean by pull the trigger, man, you got to make them tough decisions. I like Jalen Warren. We're talking about Jalen Warren in training camp. And now let's display Jalen Warren. You know, um, I don't know if Najee is hurt. I don't know what's going on with Najee. But um, Najee and Najee from last year, you know what I'm saying? But then again, seven was behind the rim. You know, seven was, Big Ben was back there. So that, that, that helps out a lot because he's a future Hall of Famer. But at the same time, man, it's just it's it's just a change of pace when you have Jalen Warren sitting in that backfield. Things are things happen a little bit quicker. He's a little bit faster. Uh, not taking nothing away from Najee, because obviously Najee made the pro Bowl. He's that caliber of a guy. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, man, ain't nothing wrong with mixing it up. Right now you're good teams. That's exactly what they're doing. And yes, Mark, you're 100 percent right to help a quarterback out, you can run the ball. I'm not saying you got to get four or five yards a pop, but hell, man, the play action pass and wind up uh, opening up a lot because you do have a nice little tight end. They got weapons. They definitely got weapons on the outside, especially on the outside and in the box. Use them. So schematically, now you have to get creative as a offensive coordinator. Uh, Who in the hell do I attack? You know, what's the weakness to this defense? Who can I get the ball to early? How can I mix the change of pace? You know, I, I thought um when they played the Miami Dolphins, Mark when they changed the pace and then went in just to a, a two minute mind frame, that helped Kenny pick it out. Cause now Kenny ain't gotta worry about getting the play in, digesting. He could just play. It gets him in the rhythm. So sometimes you just gotta change it up. And you're on the field or you're up in the box. Uh, you gotta see that. So um, I, I just see Kenny Pickett's strengths right now and how he plays. We saw it in the preseason. The preseason, when it came down to the four minute offense or hurry up offense, he was blazing. And when they did do it in the regular season at some point in time, that's when he's starting to get hot. You know, so that it's a few it's a few things um I see. Um hopefully uh changes will be made, Mark. But yeah, I'm not gonna put everything on Kenny. I don't wanna put everything on Kenny. Um, do I think Kenny can handle it? Yeah. But it's just going to take some time. We said the same thing about Josh Allen his first couple of years. they wasn't looking good at all, Josh Allen the first couple of years. Now you see what Josh Allen is doing and the young man he's become. You know, probably one of the best quarterbacks right now, the hottest quarterback right now in the NFL, you know. So it's just going to take his time. For Kenny Pickett, it's just going to take time. Um, but the only thing about, you know, playing a professional sport, you ain't got too long. But to see his upside and see what he can do, he can definitely make that happen. Um, you just have to find a way to use and maximize his talent. Just look at Jalen Hurts. Um, not even really overnight. You know, he get him a new head coach and a new O.C. You're seeing exactly what he's doing. Uh, you can't say we don't have perimeter guys. I mean, if you look at our perimeter guys, we got a dog in George and George Pickens. Uh, Chase finally waking up, so he's showing his talent. Devontae, he can he can smoke you one-on-one. And plus, we got a tight end in the pack sitting right there so it's not like we don't have it um if my offensive line isn't what I want my offensive line to be what the heck I'm gonna do let me get the ball out quick to my guys on the perimeter who Mm -hmm. can make it happen you know so that's that's where I'm at with it so I'm just rambling but yeah my bad
2: yeah you're fine Ike and I thought there was some creativity they get Najee Harris six catches on six targets out of the backfield Criticize Matt Canada all you want to last this past Sunday's game. To me, it's, they didn't have the horses to compete. It came down to personnel, just in my opinion, that's not to absolve him and not to say this offense hasn't struggled just this specific game. Few other observations I had from this game. We'll move on to the other week eight observations. Like Javon Hargrave against his former team, boy, I would love to see him in a Steelers uniform. And there was a reason he got that big contract. He was a pro bowler a year ago. He wreaked havoc against the Steelers, against his former team. I thought he was out stout up front. This Eagles defensive front is shh, scary, bro. Ike.
1: They got an eight. Hey, listen here, Mark. Mark, they got an eight-man rotation, bro. Them boys got an eight-man rotation. Them boys doing some college type of shh, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> them, 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 them boys got four starters. And now when, them four, when that defensive coordinator feels like he need to rotate the four starters, give them a breather or two. They got a whole new line of some more guys coming in, and it's and it's and it's starting with who? The guy we've been talking about on the show, coming from Georgia, the guy who's six plus, damn near weigh three hundred fifty something pound. Corey Davis, Corey Davis starting. Jordan, Jordan Davis, I mean, I can Jordan Davis. hang on.
2: Hang on. He has arms that are legs and legs that are humans. But please continue.
1: Yeah. So when you when you got a guy like Jordan Davis and me and you, we like talking about. This draft stuff leading up to the draft—that's like one of my favorite shows and segments. I said, "Man, Jordan Davis was my number one pick," you know, and everybody laughed at me. And I'm like, "Man, I don't—you don't have to get a quarterback if you feel like that was the quarterback draft. You don't have to rush and get a quarterback. And what and what Philly do? Philly wound up picking that man up." And you can just see it from his teammates. You can look at the stats when it comes down to rushing. When Jordan Davis is on the field, when Jordan Davis is off the field. Jordan Davis makes everybody's job easier for them. Because if you mess around and just single Jordan Davis, he's going to wreak havoc. he's going to make the Pro Bowl that day <laughs> if you let that man just play one-on-one football. So if he's getting double all the time, here go your hard grades. Now, hard grades was balling out last year. And you know he, as soon as he saw Pittsburgh on the schedule, He said, man, this Super Bowl for me because these people didn't didn't let me go and they didn't want to pay me. They thought what I was doing in Pittsburgh wasn't good enough. And Philly said, you know what? We're in the same state, man. You can just go west and come get this money and we can use your own defense. And that's exactly what he does.
2: Fletcher Cox as well. Six sacks against Kenny Pickett. I hope Jordan Davis is okay as well. I hope he's okay because he was helped off the field. But oh, and they also added Robert Quinn from the Bears, who had the most sacks in the league, other than a guy by the they name of T.J. Watt.
1: So it's like hey, Mark, we're are they trying to win this year. Yep, they, they they all in. After I saw that trade from Chicago, I said, "Oh yeah, they all the way in. They trying to win that thing." Now nah, it's just on Jalen on what he want to do. But other than that, mm. they all they all the way in this year. This this Super Bowl or not, nah, as these young kids would say. That's exactly what it is.
2: I hope the fans in Philly are stocking up on the Crisco, uh, Ike, to spray the poles down to prevent people from climbing the poles.
1: Straight but, up. Yeah.
2: Steelers kicker Nick Skiva filling in two for two for field goal, fi- filling in for Chris Boswell. He was out with the groin injury. I thought he did a decent job. He kicked one out of bounds, gave Philly better field position. But we'll see there. Uh, great kicker at Wake Forest coming in, filling in yeah, for yeah, yeah. Chris Boswell. Ike, let's go to other week observations as we wrap up the show here. I wrote down a list of them. We'll go through them one by one. I'm going to play a game called Are We Sure? And I want to start here with the MVP race. Are we sure that other than Josh Allen, that Micah Parsons isn't an MVP candidate? Because other than Josh Allen, I'm putting Micah Parsons right there as a defensive player. I think he's been that good this season for the Dallas Cowboys.
1: Yeah, I mean you only get, I'm looking at three. I'm looking at uh we are sure, to answer your question. Josh Allen for sure, he's the uh front runner for the league MVP. Uh Micah, uh it's one that it's two A 2 B for me. It's Micah and Patrick Mahomes. Cause mm-hmm. we was wondering what the heck Patrick Mahomes was gonna do with Cheetah. And everybody thought uh Cheetah was the jigger the piece. Patrick said, I got something for y'all. Man, I'm a seasoned vet around this thing. So yeah, I don't have my home run hitter. I don't have my slugger. But, you know, I still got a guy that I like real well. His last name is Kelsey. His first name is Travis. You know, I got I got somebody who y'all don't have. I got a head coach named Andy Reed. And you can call him the wizard when it comes down to making plays. And I, something I got something else y'all don't have. I can throw this, I can throw this football like how you see these playoff pitchers throw a baseball. I can throw it at whatever angle you want me to throw it at. That's exactly what I can do. So Patrick Mahomes, for me, uh, just going to the offseason when Tyreek Hill got traded, that was the biggest question. What the heck Patrick Mahomes going to do? Cut up. That's exactly what he's doing. And he's cutting up in a good way. But by far, when you have somebody like a Josh Allen, who is the front runner, Mark, him jumping over DBs, he's 6'4". They say he's 2.30-something, man. The man, 2.45, 2.50. Because as it gets cold in the season, you just gain more weight. So, let's stop all this foolishness. But to see him just take control, not only over the league, but just over his team, Mark, he's in the matrix right now. The game has slowed down to him. But Oh, by the way, he can run. You know, so not only does he have a cannon of an arm, man, he got the legs to do it, and now he's in the matrix. So, yeah, you got to give it to – to josh allen and i always wonder how teams come off buys because usually they come off kind of mm-hmm. timid and lazy not not the buffalo bills not at all so it was good to see that but when you look at um the dallas cowboys the first thing you think about is Dak and the offense zeke and company cd lamb nope since they acquired and drafted michael parson and they understand now to win Super Bowls, you got to have a Super Bowl defense. That's exactly what the Dallas Cowboys have—a Super Bowl defense. So when you, I think they number two in the league on giving up points, two or three in the league on giving up average points per game. But guess who it starts off with? It starts off with Michael Parsons. And we and we now that you do now we listen to players and how they talk. So when I when I was listening to Demarcus Lawrence, you know, talk about uh. On hard knocks, how the heck y'all going to cut me if I'm getting paid this much? And then when you acquire and you draft a Michael Parsons and then you say, Mike, you need to stay out these defensive ends, these outside linebackers need you. It's like, okay, uh, now you really got acknowledged because you really see, oh, yeah, he's just a difference maker. He's special. He's different. You know, you saw the man pick up the phone and score a touchdown. You see the man, if they ask him to play a, a tight end on the third receiver from any team, number three receiver, he's going to do it. You see the man coming off, he still don't know what he's doing, and he's coming off the corner and down near lead the league in sacks, top three in sacks. This is Michael Parsons, huh? So that young man, that one person changed the culture for the Dallas Cowboys. And you're seeing exactly what the Dallas Cowboys are doing as as a defense and as a team. So it just makes life uh, easy for Dak and the offense coordinator on the other side. I know my defense is going to give me the ball back as many times as possible. Why? Because as Skip Bayless would say, they got 11 from heaven. And that's Michael Parson.
2: Like mm-hmm. when he had the ball in his hands on that touchdown against the Bears this past week, I was like, are we sure he's playing on the right side of the football? In all honesty, it was that impressive.
1: Right, he just, yeah, he just he I mean, a man played corner when he went to Penn State. He played right, right, wide receiver corner when he went to Penn State. So that that's just showing you his athleticism. And if you watched in the offseason, well, now they change the Pro Bowl and some of the activities they do. You saw the man running with Cheetah in a 40 yard dash. Yeah. Like, come on, bro, at 245. <laughs> like you, 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 you keeping up with Cheetah at the 245 piece. Cheetah probably ever bit of 200, 205. But then at the 245, you just you're not stride for stride. But he can hear you. He can feel you breathing down his back. Man, come on, man. That man different, bro. That man all the way different. Uh, God's willing, if he can stay healthy, he already in all the Hall of Fame. Like, he just different, man. And they, they talk about a lot of these defensive ends, these Hall of Fame defensive ends. They, they could do – if you just let Michael Parshall rush every time and not put him in coverage, he going to get 20 a year The man going to get 20 a year and you added a game. Come on, man. But yeah, your three, you just hit it. Well, yeah, your three, you just hit it on the head. Josh Allen, for sure. Michael Parsons, number two. And also Patrick Mahomes, two B. Those three guys, they just take it. The the league is in good hands, Mark. Golly. You know, the, the league is in good hands with these young superstars. Man, it's Sunday's. Monday, Thursday, to Sunday. Well, people can't wait to watch football. And it's because of these guys right here.
2: The Cowboys defense third in the league, allowing 16.6 points per game. Okay.
1: So, okay. Ike, I you were spot on there.
2: Yeah, you were spot on there. Only the Bills and Broncos ahead of the Cowboys right now. Scary, scary defense. And I look at it from the standpoint of, like, when you tell your kids or grandkids, tell me about the 2022 season, you're going to mention those three players right there. Geno Smith having a nice season. He's still kind oh, of a yeah. dark horse. I think Gino oh, Smith, yeah. Geno Smith, Saquon Barkley, comeback player of the year. That's where I'm yeah. at with that.
1: So uh, yeah, Gino. Go ahead, Ike. Boy, Geno, Geno then revamped his whole career uh messing around with Pete Carroll. But they they back to what Pete Carroll. We didn't like what Pete Carroll His we didn't like his remedy uh defense. Getting corners who used to play receiver. Now he's getting interceptions. He done found him another Richard Sherman sitting over there. Um, getting running backs who led, led in college, yak yards. Now you seeing what he's doing over there. You know, uh DK Metcalf. I mean, we talk about AJ Brown, they both the same, they cousins. You might well call them cousins. Them boys built the same, you know, 6'3", 2, 230. 230 2.5% body fat. How the hell are you gonna check that? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Running four threes and four foes. You know? But Gino, boy Gino, boy, G- What they say, they say confidence, but confidence means a lot. And Gino is playing with a lot of confidence. And that Pete Carroll remedy, what he had going on, he's back to the old Pete Carroll on exactly how he wants his team to be. And they're playing good football. We're not talking about them enough because they're all the way in the left coast. So they're hitting in the corner right now, up there. But the league know when they play the Seattle Seahawks, bring your big boy shoulder pass, because they got some running backs, that's going to big boy you. They're going to play good defense. And Gino is playing just like a Jalen Hurts, making plays with his legs and not making mistakes.
2: All right, we'll keep this thing rolling. I've got three more, are we sure? Are we sure that Zeke Elliott is better than Tony Pollard? And I'm going to say this for the record. Give me Pollard seven days a week and twice on Sunday. I like the Cowboys backup running back right now. I don't know if he's going to be yeah. backup much longer. I, I'm a huge, huge fan of Pollard.
1: I mean, don't get me wrong. Zeke probably one of the toughest son over a at the running back position. You know, the reason why Zeke uh, is able um, what they said was, you know, him picking up a blitz in third down, that wasn't Tony yeah. Pollock's trend. You know, and, and Zeke wish you would blitz that his homeboy slash brother. Uh, he going to lay somebody down flat for his brother, and that's just Zeke. Zeke always had a tough yards, but, you know, that, that wear and tear. Them first them first three, four years as a mother, boy, you put a lot of tread on them tires and you starting to see. So there's nothing wrong with that two-back system we were talking about early in the show. And we all saw the explosiveness with Tony Pollack, And you saw it in the game. He stick his foot in the ground and he, be be, roll roadrunner, you know? So if he can't pick up the blitz like how Zeke pick up the blitz, guess what? I'm going to release him ASAP and good luck with this one-on-one with Tony Pollack in the open field. <laughs> so that's exactly what they're doing. It's just can he do that consistently when he is the featured running back now? So that's going to be the biggest question.
2: Two more, Ike. Are we sure Dan Campbell's job is safe in Detroit? The Lions now one in six. Love his personality. Love Love his great soundbite. But as a head coach, the Lions just haven't made that progression. Coming off hard knocks and everything and say what you want. at At some point, you are what your record shows you are. Again, Lions one in six right now. I think there's good value in saying Dan Campbell next, head coach fired. A lot of people out there mentioned Cliff Karen, Kingsbury out in Arizona. For me, if you're going to place a bet, betonline.ag, and you can place a bet on this, Dan Campbell would be my pick.
1: Man, it's It's, it's not good to hear. It's not good to hear, Or oh, they're going to play you tough. I mean, every week you hear the same thing about the Detroit Lions. Yeah oh, it's going to be a tough football game. But there ain't nobody talking about winning. No, we ain't saying they're going to beat you. we just saying there's going to be a tough football game. They're going to be physical with you. And that's exactly what they are. They're a tough football team. They do put up points, but they're finding ways to lose the ball game. And they've been having leads in games to close it out. They just didn't figure that part out. So, yeah, going one to six, Uh, I mean, ain't going to, number to get you a high draft pick. But hell, who wants a high drive pick every year? That All that means is, man, we've been losing for the past four or five years consistently. No, nobody wants that. When you have a high drive, drive pick, you make our topics better. We're talking about who on the hot seat, who not on the hot seat, and you giving us something to talk about when it comes down to this podcast. But yeah, it's tough over there. Are we sure? Mark, I'm going to go with you with this AJ, You might be right on this one. All
2: right, last one are we sure the Vikings are a contender in the NFC? Minnesota stands at six in one right now.
1: Man, you got to feed, you got to feed, uh, Justin Jefferson, like how Sean McVay feeds Cooper cup. That's what you, that's in order for y'all to get to where y'all need to go. That's exactly what you gonna have to do. Now, Justin Jefferson only had a couple of targets in the first half and he gave a look to the sideline. Um, In the second half, like, I told y'all just give me the damn ball. I saw that look through his visor. He ain't say nothing. I said, oh, yeah. I mean, we already know he different. So players ain't got to say nothing. That body language will tell you everything, you know. So for me, it has to go through Justin Jefferson. Um, It has to be that how that Matthew Stafford and that Cooper Cup relationship is. Uh, Kirk Cousins have to look at Justin Jefferson the same. A.J., JJ, if I see you double, the only time I'm not throwing you the ball, if I see three people over there. If I see two people over there, I'm throwing you the ball. Because nine times out of nine, Justin Jefferson gonna wind up making the play. You don't, you don't, you don't have them kind of stats on a Hall of Fame pace not being that guy. You don't be one of the savviest, smoothest route runners in the league not being that guy. As soon as Justin Jefferson stepped on the field as a rookie, you knew he was that guy. You knew the LSU had something special between him and Chase. So, yeah, Kirk Cousins and company in the Minnesota Vikings, they're going to always play good defense. They've been doing that for years, you know. Dalvin Cook has been the unsung hero in my mind because all that man do is get 1,000 yards after 1,000 yards after 1,000 yards after 1,000 yards. By the way, he come out the backfield, play receiver as well, you know. But now you put Justin Jefferson where you can't load the box with him And Kirk Cousins hasn't been playing bad as well, either. But in order for them to get to where they need to get to, it's going to have to go through Justin Jefferson because they already know what Dalvin Cook is going to do, and that's ball out.
2: Interesting you mentioned getting Jefferson the ball. To me, it's, I mean, obviously the quarterback and Kirk Cousins, say what you want. Like, there are a lot of teams that I think would want a Kirk Cousins at the quarterback position, but – Is he going to elevate you to the Super Bowl? That's been the question throughout his career. But right now, I mean, they are the heavy, heavy favorite in an NFC North division. That's just not very good right now. So, again, at 6-1, and it's like, are they a contender? What history has shown me through, like, the last 30 years of my life with Vikings football, I'd say probably not. But I think that there is an argument to be made to say that the Vikings are the second best team in the NFC behind the Eagles. I don't believe that, but I think you could make the argument.
1: Yeah, they're going to make the playoffs. I mean, they're oh, for sure the at playoffs. this point.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: No. Yeah, It's like, damn, but what else? I mean, we hit the playoffs, like, so I can just get one playoff ticket if I'm a season ticket holder. <laughs> Cause I know after that, we're going to lose the first game. Cause that's what's been going on for us. Um, but other than that, it's on Kurt. I think Kurt, honestly, in my opinion, just looking at it from afar, he gotta drop his cojones and just say eh, just say hell we're messing up. He gotta be willing to take risks because he has the receiver, and we forgot about Adam Thielen. Yeah, he got two good receivers that you can take risks with, you know? And just I'm telling tell, tell him doing this, tell him doing practice and before the game. Hey bro, if I'm in a bad situation, I just need y'all help because I'm just gonna throw the ball up to y'all. And what the what the hell you think them receivers gonna do? They're gonna play, they're gonna play out their body. What you think AJ Brown do? He saw double coverage between Edmonds and, and Fitzpatrick. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure he told I'm sure he told AJ, AJ, bro, if I feel like I'm in trouble, I'm just throwing you the ball, bro. Can you just please make a play? And AJ was like, bro, about time. <laughs> you told <laughs> me that. So there you go.
2: I say you're the absolute best. Anything else you want to get to that's on your mind? after eight weeks of the NFL season. I want to open the floor to you if there's anything else you'd like to discuss before we wrap up here.
1: Uh, oh, don't sleep on the San Francisco 49ers when they get healthy. They got a lot of guys hurt right now, especially on the defensive side. Debo, Debo Samus didn't play mm-hmm. uh, as well either. But, yeah. Um, and we, we talk about Jimmy Garoppolo, probably how we can talk about Kirk Cousins they're probably two of the same people. I, mean, I think Jimmy might be a little bit more of a finesser, might be smoother than uh, Kurt, but you know, uh, if Jimmy plays how he's been playing and when San Fran get back healthy because they haven't been healthy, watch out.
2: Yeah, the way Shanahan uses CMC as well as Special Ike, and I forgot that Shanahan has absolute regular season dominance over Rams head coach Sean McVay. An omission on my part in our week eight picks in advance of this past Sunday. Just want to state for the record. I will acknowledge when I'm wrong. I was dead wrong about that. Ike. I know you're always, you're like, like, I think the Steelers are obviously are ride or die, but I know that you like the 49ers and the physicality that they play with.
1: Yeah. Them boy, them boy, them boy play pissed off. They They, 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 they on that defensive side. They play pissed off boy. And I, I love seeing the defense playing mad and pissed off. Like, it's just like we all have one of them homeboys like, bro, you just always mad. Like, we all got somebody like that we know. Like, you why are you just mad all this exactly how the San Francisco non defense play? Them boys just always mad. And I love it. But I'm starting to see that when um not only. The Denver Broncos, quite quietly, quietly, they just asking Russ for 21 points. They're not asking Russ for much. Quietly, the Denver Broncos, they got some first-rounders. They got some boys in that secondary. They got a lot of people back there that play pissed off. They got a lot of people back there that play pissed off. So I'm starting to like them, too, as well. But, you know, it's on Russ if you want not cook. I don't know if he cooking hibachi or he just <laughs> throwing it in the microwave.
2: Like, hey, uh, I'll let you ride with the Broncos. That's fine. I'm not as bullish. Did any did any of your teammates ever do high knees on the plane like Russ did on the way to the UK?
1: Man, we talked about Russ and his high knees and he had a schedule. You know, one hour he'll do this, then the next hour he'll do that, then he'll sleep for one hour. You know, he said he was stretching and he was doing high knees. Man, I know Russ was on a uh plane with us and them boys were trying to get their sleep. Somebody would have stuck their foot out there and tripped <laughs> Russ and told him to go sit his ass down. <laughs> no disrespect.
2: You know, you know how sometimes athletes will say things and that's like, I don't believe you. I, I don't know. I don't know if I believe that to where it's just like, I really wish someone would have just, give me some video footage of Russ doing the high knees on the airplane. Yeah, yeah, but stick. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, stick. Bro, I get it. back when I was playing, but mm-hmm. that's how we clown each other. Somebody would have stuck their foot out. They told Russ going to sit his boy down. I'm trying to sleep. you doing high knees on the plane, making that noise, man. You messing up my dream, bro.
2: Yeah, and turbulence. But anyways, Ike, we will wrap on that. You're the absolute best. I want to thank the Believe Network, our video producers yes. over at Brinks TV, led by Courtney Vargas, John Brinkus, Herbert Diaz, producers Megan and Yancy. Thank you to all of them for their help. I want to thank... BetOnline.ag, today's sponsor of the Believe in Steeler Show. Yeah. And I also want to thank the listeners and the viewers of the Believe in Steeler Show. Thank you for watching and making us a part of your day.
1: I second that. Uh, huge shout out to BetOnline.ag. They've been rocking with us. since Day one, Mark bring TV, Miss Courtney and her staff. Appreciate y'all how y'all keep us always looking professional with the graphics and all that. Believe in Steeler's podcast, we want to thank y'all as well. Make sure y'all give us a five-star uh, because we cook it. Like five star chefs, and we're diamond if you hoteling us. So five star us all the time. Mark, I gotta give a big shout out to you as well. We're coming up with these topics. And you and I are just clicking and we just making this believer podcast still a thing. It just look like magic all the time. But wanna thank everybody for just tuning in. Make sure y'all subscribe to Mark and I and make sure y'all give us some good views and good ratings for this podcast as well.
2: Yes, one more thing. Happy Halloween to all the listeners and viewers. And again, now that we're into the holiday season get one of these ike swag and you t-shirts we'll leave that in the comments if you're interested in that again it you're the absolute best i'll sign off for the both of us for ike taylor i'm mark bergen thanks for watching believe in Steelers. we'll be back later this week to preview all of the week nine matchups until then take care and so long everybody
1: peace